Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. I'm Anita Kelly and my guest today is Kelly Farmer. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Anita. How's it going? It's going awesome. I'm very excited to be back on the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited that you're back with us. And I have been dying to talk about this book of yours. Um, I've been waiting for it. So um, I'm so glad that that we're here. Um, Me too. (laughs) Yeah, because when we last spoke, um, you were anticipating the release of It's a Fabulous Life, right? Um, Yes. It's it's a fabulous life. That's the book that's coming out in October. We're recording this ahead of release, so it's probably released by now on, on October seventeenth. October seventeenth is the release date. Um, so, can you tell us about this novel? I would love to. Awesome. <laughs> so, it's a fabulous life. Is a sweet sapphic. It's a wonderful life retelling. Uh, so in this version, we have Bailey George, wink, wink, who is a small town. Yeah, I know. Right. Like, I it's so obvious. It. I love it. I had to go there. You know, yes. if you're going to do an It's a Wonderful Life retelling and, you know, the lead is a female. Her name is Bailey George. That's perfect. That's, yeah. Yeah. So she's a small town realtor who's stuck uh, taking care of the, you know, Winter Wonderfest festival again. Uh, and um, it's a, also a second chance romance. So her uh, high school crush, Maria Hatcher, comes back to town to be the director at the library. And um, of course, sparks fly. Uh, but then since it's an It's a Wonderful Life retelling, uh, you know, one disaster after another snowballs on the day of the festival. And, you know, Bailey drives off in a huff. And of course, she meets fabulous drag queen clara angel and um i right because again if you're doing an it's a wonderful life retelling it needs drag queens oh of course yeah and i love the name clara well clara is a you know a wink and nod to clarence yes uh and um so you know clara of course is blessed with a little magic so when bailey declares that she wishes she'd never been born in this christmas obsessed small town clara shows her what lanford falls would be like if she had never been born there and wackiness ensues that is so cool (laughs) lanford falls just like bedford falls right wasn't that the name of it bedford so it's bedford falls yeah so so for um those folks who, you know, I don't know how, but I'm sure there are people who are not familiar with um, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, That is a movie with Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed that was done, what, back in the, it just had a- 1946 was when the movie came out. I think it had its 75th anniversary recently. Yeah, not too long ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it and it's funny. It's actually I was talking about the I talk about the book in my acknowledgments, and I had to do the math, and I I had that like this movie is over seventy five years old. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, I know but, it's amazing. It really is. Um, yeah, I saw. I I think it. We, I just when it was uh, 
I'm not good at math. So whenever the writers were not good at math, (laughs) whenever that was, um, I saw it in the theater, which was just so much fun um, to see, you know, it's nice yeah, to see it on the big screen. But um, so so in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, there is a guy named George Bailey. Right. And that is your main character is Bailey George. Um, Yes. So. Um, you know, there's a little twist on that. And then in the movie, there's an angel called Clarence. And so you have Clara, the angel drag queen, um, right? Uh, yes. It's a little she's she's uh, Clara Angel of the House of Angel. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And there are two other queens. Uh, there's her drag mother and her drag sister, Giovanna. Okay. So awesome. they are... They, they they pop in and out of the book. All right. So um, It's a Wonderful Life took place back in, you know, I don't know, the 40s, I guess. Um, and uh, no, it was actually the 30s because it was the, the run on the, uh, it was when the stock market fell, right? Yeah, and the movie itself covers a lot of years um, because it kind of tells George Bailey's story from childhood so it does kind of hit like the 20s 30s and 40s okay and and is um it's a fabulous life what is the time period for that it's a contemporary romance clearly if there's you know drag queen angels in it (laughs) it's it's not set in the 1940s (laughs) I think there were probably drag queens in the 40s you know and there absolutely were. Um, they definitely were not doing super public performances or, you know, <laughs> going about town, um, being fabulous. Uh, you know, it was something that was definitely kept much quieter. True story. Back, back in the day. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's it's a contemporary novel. Um, yeah. And um, what significance, if any, does that movie It's a Wonderful Life hold for you that you decided to kind of do this little twist on on that story? So I was, um, you know, when I was a kid, it that movie was sometimes on TV. And I, I always thought it like, you know how like you don't really ever watch a Christmas movie because it's just like on TV. In the background, yeah. Exactly. Like you're wrapping presents or decorating the tree. And um it was I you know as a youngster I just thought it was this hokey old movie it has nothing to do with christmas and you know how you just kind of are like mm, I don't know what the big deal is about this movie and then um in high school I actually sat down and like watched it oh. and there's a line in the movie that it's like it was a defining moment for me honestly uh, the first time I heard it it's um when they're, you know, when Clarence, the angel, is showing George Bailey what life was like if he'd never been born, mm-hmm. he says to him, strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. And when he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? And that, like, kind of smacked me upside my head. And it's just such a power. It's like a simple but powerful line about how everybody's life matters. And we all whether we know it or not, we touch people's lives. And um, I just love the idea of that impact we all make in big and small ways. And, um, and so honestly, that's, 
that's kind of like why that movie has always just stuck with me and you know don't want to get too deep but like it's it's honestly that that kind of has kept me going sometimes it's just that idea of you you do more good than you realize and you bring more joy to people's lives than than you could ever imagine mm -hmm. so um yeah i've just i've always sort of the movie has a special place in my heart because of that um and i also i love that that idea of getting to see what the world would look like without you in it mm -hmm. um that and i know the movie's been spoofed countless times because you know it's so it's it's so ripe it's kind of like a christmas carol like the story itself is just so ripe with possibility mm -hmm. like oh yeah let's i mean you know beavis and butthead spoofed it's a wonderful life so they basically did? they did and it's one of my favorite favorite retellings oh, i will it's, look for that it's called they, they called it it's a miserable life and it's, it's <laughs> beavis course. and butthead of course they did yeah but like i i had to put a nod to it like in the book so in my book spoiler uh clara or um Bailey meets Clara Angel on this like the old wooden bridge in town uh -huh. and that's what they did in the Beavis and Butthead version and I was like I have to honor this because uh -huh. because I love this version so much yeah. that's so cool that's so cool you know you mentioned a Christmas Carol has been done over and over my favorite version of that is Mr. Magoo um, oh my god yes <laughs> whoa that's a throwback yes that is my absolute favorite version of that it's awesome so uh, i have been in the play a christmas carol twice really so i can basically recite like large chunks of a christmas carol <laughs> oh yeah like any version on tv i'll just like start riffing with it and be like "Ooh, they changed that line <laughs> <laughs> what what did you play who did you play i played mrs cratchit both times oh wow and i also like did other roles like you know in one version actually i think in both versions it was like and i also played mrs dilber and i was also like spirit number five and oh uh, yeah yep i i know those like you're like all around jack of all trades right yeah it, it's like when they do like a small cast so everyone plays multiple roles yes yep but uh yeah yeah some quick changes because you know those uh those 1840s dresses are kind of big and heavy and it's like oh you can't do a really big quick change in those oh no you can't i'll bet not oh. yeah. you so, figure it out though yeah i i like that line um it's interesting that you picked up that that line really resonated with you that you know each life matters and um you know you leave a hole um and 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 that's so true right um uh, and, and we, that's kind of like a contemporary um, kind of way of thinking right now with like the, you know, Black Lives Matter uh, movement, you know, um, that each life matters yeah. and, and, and without, you know, without different cultures, uh, it would leave a hole in, in our society, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, just imagine, I, we have such a big, beautiful, diverse world yes, that, yeah. you know, we really do need everybody's contributions. Yes. And, and, you know, we need, 
we need we need people to stick around and yeah uh, can you, know, you imagine not, like a homogeneous yeah. like society oh i ugh, mean like stepford wives right no thank you i know i know that would be no fun whatsoever but um no way so um it's a fabulous life um is out came out on october 17th and and how would people access it where would they go where would our listeners go to you know uh get this book it is available in ebook paperback and audiobook Woo-hoo! Right. Uh, the audiobook is narrated by mia hutchinson shaw and pete cross so be sure to pick that up i've heard some pieces bits and pieces of it and it's really cool, oh, cool. um but yeah it's available at all major online real retail i almost said realtors <laughs> online retailers uh-huh. um you can also order the paperback and probably the audiobook through your favorite indie bookstore okay. so if you've if you've got a favorite uh please support them mm-hmm. always try to do that yeah all right awesome and who's your who's your publisher for that in case anybody needs to know that Alcove Press is the fabulous publisher for this book. Um, they actually, the uh, this this book had a very long and winding road towards publication. Um, <clears throat> last year at about this time, it was very up and down. Um, I will I will spare you all the long story. The very short story is that um, this book was originally supposed to be published by Hallmark Publishing. So while reading it, if you feel like you're reading like a Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. That's why. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, they closed their doors. And um, I got the rights back. So the good news is that Alcove Press said, hey, we want to publish it. So uh, it's it came, it's still coming out exactly when it was supposed to, which is really great. Yeah, that's amazing. It really yeah. is. Well, I am sorry to hear about your kind of dilemma with the Hallmark Publishing and that they, uh, I guess, went out of business, but um, I'm glad that Alcove picked it up. Um, that's really, that's fabulous. Yes, it is. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a happy series. ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That is really awesome. So, um, Kelly, what, what made you decide to write a kind of holiday romance to begin with? Like, where did that idea come from? I um, unashamedly love Christmas movies and TV, the same TV shows that have been on since like 1965. Okay, like Rudolph. <laughs> like Rudolph and, Frosty. you know, Frosty, The Grinch. Yeah. The more obscure ones, like The Year Without a Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and like Christmas music. I love it. I love it all. Um, and uh, And actually, it became sort of, like a secondary mission to see how many references to them I could get in this book mm-hmm. there at, at one point I was like oh I should count how many and then I was like no there's too many uh-huh. oh there's some really obvious ones and there's some like really obscure ones like the Beavis and Butthead do Christmas uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, yeah I, uh, I honestly after living through the world for the past few years you know, with, with, with global pandemics mm-hmm. and just th- the world in general, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to write something happy 
and light and fun where nothing truly bad happens. Um, kind of like a Hallmark movie, yeah. you know, where yeah. like, you know, nothing bad is actually going to yeah. happen. Yep. Uh, and I also wanted to, uh, you know, sort of add to that, that holiday movie uh, world, uh, a, a story with queer love and joy. And um, it's really a celebration of queer community. Um, you know, it, yes, it's a small town romance, but it's a very accepting place. Everyone can just kind of come and be who they are. Uh, it's it's one of those towns like I, I, the history of it is like, you know, it was an artist's colony in the 1920s. So it's always kind of been like, uh, like little, a hip accepting place. Uh-huh. A little bohemian. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. I just, I just wanted, I just wanted to bring some holiday joy and. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. The world is, uh, is full of angst, like so much. So like more so since the pandemic. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's nice. Yeah. I was have... just thinking this morning, actually, you know, and I don't even, I don't even know what like terrible thing in the news there was, but I was like, you remember when the, like the lockdown first started and the whole like thing was, we're all in this together. Yeah. Like, Hmm, what happened to that? <laughs> no, we weren't. Yeah, yeah, that kind of died pretty quickly, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. yeah. Um, well, and I'm glad that's over with, though. I'm glad we're out and about. Um, but it's still, uh, it it changed people. It really did. Yeah. Um, some for the better, some for the worse. You know, some people uh, were able to reassess their priorities and, and make changes in their lives, um, which is awesome. Um, and some people, you know, kind of took advantage of uh, <laughs> the way things were. And, uh, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so I, that's why we need happy books. <laughs> you are so right. And I love a novel that has low angst low angst like as i said before life is full of anxiety um so i cannot wait to read this um and i want to know um are there characters in this book that you were particularly drawn to or kind of can relate to a little more closely than others definitely um i think that uh bailey george our our uh, point of view character for uh -huh. it's a fabulous life um i kind of get where she's coming from for a lot of things she feels stuck in her life because of choices that she made mm -hmm. and um all of them were you know she doesn't regret making any of her changes you know she she gave up the chance to go to college because her father unexpectedly passed away and so uh, you know, she took over running his real estate agency. Okay. And, um, you know, and she's like, also she, she kept working so her sister could go to college. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when her sister found her passion in her career, she let her do that and continued to run the real estate agency. Um, and, and basically it's the only thing she's ever done mm -hmm. in her adult life. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, so she feels a little stuck in her, you know, she lives in the same small town her whole life, which, you know, yeah. it's not, not full of energy and excitement. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I kind of, I kind of get that because I've definitely made some choices in my life that have made me feel very stuck. Hmm. Um, and, 
And there's a certain degree of like, you don't regret making these choices at all. Mm -hmm. But also like, like, how do I get unstuck? And that's sort of the, Mm -hmm. that, that can be problematic sometimes. Not problematic in a problematic way, just like, I don't know how to get out of this situation. Yeah. yeah. So um, I have to ask you, did you find your own Clara Angel to help you get unstuck? I, you know, I mean, if there are any drag queens out there with a little bit of magic Uh who would like to visit me, (laughs) I will gladly go on that journey. Just, you know, stop on by. I would venture to guess that most drag queens would say they have a little bit of magic. (laughs) They do. You know, one of my favorite lines in the entire book is Clara says, all drag queens are magical, some more than others. It's true. It's true. I believe that. I do. Yes. The book is dedicated to to drag performers because they they truly are magical. Oh, that's so nice of you. That's so awesome. And, And they're getting a bad rap lately. You know, it is so strange. You know, when I wrote this book like two years ago, I, you know, I I just, I like wrote this book full of, you know, I, I love, love the art of drag and I, I just wanted to pay homage to it. And so I wrote a couple of things in it. There's, you know, drag queen story hour. There's, there may be a public performance at some point, (laughs) not to give a spoiler, Uh um, and when I wrote this, I had absolutely no idea those would become hot button issues. Yeah, yeah, I know. So it's um, it is... it's it was sort of strangely like foreshadowing. Um, but again, it just goes to show like you can have a small town in the middle of nowhere that's super cool with it, and that's 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 what we all should have. That's every town should have that. I believe we probably do more than we know, um, more than, you know, the other side is publicized more uh, and gets a lot more attention, um, you know, that that heat side. Um, but I think there there's definitely those um, small towns out there who just embrace everyone, you know? Um, yeah. 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 I like I like to think that that's much more of a reality than we are led to believe. Yeah, I agree. I I do too. Definitely. Definitely. So while you were writing, uh, it's a, it's a fabulous life. Um, did you have like a favorite playlist? Like, was it Christmas music? Cause you know, a lot of authors, like when they're writing, they'll, they'll create a playlist. Right. And that is, uh, uh, sometimes there's a, a very meaningful connection between their playlist and what they're writing. Sometimes not. Sometimes it's just, you know, like something that energizes them. Um, so, so did you have a playlist? I usually do for books that's, and it's like specific. It's usually like a musical artist. Um, like when I wrote the out on the ice series, uh-huh. that's my women's hockey romance series. It was Brandy Carlisle. Ah, and I listened to Brandy. I know, right? Like, oh, that was hard to listen to Brandy for, you know, hours upon hours upon hours. <laughs> um, but obviously, this was a Christmas book. And I was writing it in, you know, July, September, March. And so to get in the mood, yeah. of course, I did listen to Christmas music. Um, but 
Christmas music gets old very fast. (laughs) Yeah. Usually I can handle a few weeks of it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I mean, you know, as I said earlier, I love Christmas music, but like December 1st. Yes. Like I'm not listening to it in November um, unless I'm writing this book. Uh, So I had to like change it up and, you know, do like, you know, the classics, like, you know, Gene Autry and, you know, those. And then it'd be like, okay, now I have to switch to like classical music or symphonic or jazzy or like I had to keep changing it. Yeah. And um, yeah, some days I was like, no, I can't do it. (laughs) No more. (laughs) Uh, But the other, um, I have some artists I sort of default to if I'm writing like the like the fight scene or the all is lost, you know, like the oh everything is sad and depressing. Um and and one of those is Glenn Hansard for I'm, me. Yeah, for, I'm not familiar um, if, with that artist. Yeah. If you if uh for those listeners, um if you've <laughs> seen the movie Once, uh-huh. um he is the guy in Once. Okay. Um and I I love Glenn Hansard. He makes some wonderfully depressing like like angsty Irish music. And um, so that tends to be one of my defaults. And like, especially for this book, when they're doing the like, here's what Lanford Falls looks like without you in it. And everything is terrible. Uh Like I pop on some Glenn and be like. How appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, everything is so sad. (laughs) There's nothing like some like Irish drama, right? Yeah. Yeah. We need some angsty music sometimes. Yes. <laughs> wow. And then it was funny. And then it's like, then you write, I mean, I'd say it's a spoiler, but if you know even a little about it, It's a Wonderful Life, you know, it's like things go okay. And it's a romance. So, you know, there's a happy ending. Uh, but like, then I like switched back to the Christmas music. Like, okay, now things are happy again. <laughs> now I can play Bing Crosby and Perry Como. And yeah, <laughs> uh, that's great. So, um, uh, when you, when you were writing this, like, were you kind of energized by it? Um, did it kind of exhaust you? And in general, does writing, you know, how, how does that go for you? Energizing or exhausting? I think overall it's energizing. Um, there's honestly, there is no better feeling than getting to create worlds and people and play mm-hmm. in this like nice little alternate reality where you can control everything and decide what happens. Yeah. Um, I, especially this book, I wrote very quickly compared to like, I didn't have a lot of like stops and starts. And I think I just had so much fun with it that it was like, I'm so excited to write this book. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some books are a slog. This one was not a slog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. That really... Yeah. And I also, I love that feeling when like you're, you're writing or actually even while you're revising um, where like everything clicks Yeah, and you just have that moment of like, oh my God, this works. Yeah. Yeah. And I call, I call those happy dancing moments because do you I actually I actually happy dance all right when they happen <laughs> I work at a standing desk desk so there's a lot of dancing great yeah or yeah. just moving in general uh-huh. yeah. dancing and writing you know it's a great combo 
I love it. That's that's the next big reality show, dancing while writing. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. We we match famous authors with dance pros <laughs> with a bag over their head. <laughs> right, exactly. The it has to be like the mask. Uh huh. There you go. Dancing authors or something. <laughs> that's that is the next big show. <laughs> I I I think you have something there. I think you're onto something. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thought uh, you might want to put a plug in for your blog also, um, because I, I think I, I received a copy of it today and it talks about It's a Fabulous Life. Oh, that's my newsletter. Oh, your newsletter. Okay. Yes. All right. I don't have a blog, okay. uh, but, but I have a monthly newsletter. Well, I just gave you one, so. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah. Tell us about your monthly newsletter. Um, yeah. If you, you know, social media is so bananas these days. And like, I can't, every time I get something printed, like something happens. So I have to write on like my postcards like this, like scratch this out, write this in. Um, so a newsletter is a great way for readers to like, just stay in the know with what their favorite authors are up to. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of a plug for authors in general. If you like an author, mm -hmm. uh, please sign up for their newsletter. It makes us feel really good. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like the only thing we can control. So like if, you know, Twitter, you have to start paying to use Twitter. Like everyone's gone tomorrow, you know? Yeah. But newsletter is forever. <laughs> How does someone um, sign up to receive your newsletter? I try to make things as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. So if you go to my website, which is kellyfarmerauthor.com, uh, I have a little sign up on the bottom of every single page on the website. So no matter what page you're on at the bottom, it's like sign up for my newsletter. Um, and if you do so, you will get exclusive access to uh, free bonus stories in my Out on the Ice series. Uh, if you are familiar with that one, that's my women's hockey series. And there's a secondary character named Gina Morales, who's my favorite. And I needed to tell her story, mm -hmm. um, but it kind of had to be told outside of the actual book books. Mm -hmm. So um, so I have a couple Gina stories in there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I try, I try to sort of keep in my actual newsletter, I just try to keep you... Uh, in the know of what's going on. I talk about publishing stuff sometimes because publishing is very weird and mm -hmm. interesting <laughs> to people who are not on the inside of it. Um, yeah, it's a good, yeah. uh, good peek into that world. Yeah, and it like, it, it's just such a, it, publishing is weird. And, and um, I feel like in my like, outside writing life, I I spend half my time explaining things about publishing to people. So really? yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I, it took like, even honestly, like my parents who they, they know me very well. They know what's going on. And it, it took years for like my dad to not realize, like you just like type your book, like chapter one to the end. And then they're like, you wrote a book, you're done. No. There's nothing more that needs to be done. No. <laughs> and it was like, no, there's editing, there's this, there's that, there's, you know, and then like, 
sometimes he'd be like, what are you working on? Because like, if he knows I haven't been writing and I'll be like, well, I drafted my newsletter and made graphics and returned five emails and sent five emails. And there's so many emails when you're an author. Yeah. <laughs> the, the stuff no one tells you about <laughs> being an author. Um, so yeah, like he's, he finally understands now, like there's so much more to being an author than just chapter one. Sitting down and, and writing, like, which is what you see, right? When, when someone is portraying an author, right there, that's what mm -hmm. you see. You see them sitting down, right? I'm, I'm thinking of, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the movie. Um, but, uh. I can't even basically think. any movie yeah yeah that talks about writing or publishing yeah I I beg of you I I have mad respect for screenwriters mad mad respect please just like reach out to an author and learn about publishing because because if it's the first draft of the first book they've ever written it's not going to be like in a book ready to be published yeah one month later yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like there's so much that goes into it. I know it, there really is. And, and usually um, like from start to finish, it can take a couple years, right? Um, for you to start the book, write the book. Um, then the, the publishing house does its thing and that can take, you know, um, anywhere from like six months to a year. Um, so you may not see that out on the market for a while. Yeah, it can sometimes be a very long time, especially if you're traditionally publishing and especially if you're like with a bigger publisher, like, you know, books that are sold now won't come out till 2025. Like there's a very long lead time. Um, that is one of the magic things of indie publishing is you can you can do whatever you want. So it's true. It's true. Yeah, you can put out four books this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot more work, but right. It's, you know, I like there's no great super like this is the best path. Uh, that's it's actually something I'm very passionate about is like there is no one path. Everybody's path is different. Mm -hmm. It's true. And yeah, like some people thrive on that, that entrepreneurial spirit of indie publishing and they love the creative control. And, you know, if you're a fast writer, that's absolutely the way to go. Mm -hmm. Because if you can put four books out in a year, I am in awe of you. <laughs> I'm in awe of those authors. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I'm an author who does that. And she is just, she's amazing. She And she publishes, you know, um, with a publishing house. But she just kicks them out. Yeah, I know those fast writers. I, I tip my hat to you, fast writers. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then if, you know, if you choose to go the traditional publishing route, you know, it's, it's you know you still you still end up doing a lot of work too it's it's not you know like with indie people are like well you do everything yourself and it's like yeah but in traditional publishing you do a lot of the work yourself too so yeah to just you know you get more support yeah that's true so that's true you do you're still doing a lot of the work and, and you're getting support at the same time which you know is helpful um yeah yeah and like i said i i think honestly most or I would say more than not authors I know are hybrid mm -hmm. and they do both traditional and in indie publishing. And yeah. I kind of feel like that's a sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's a, a little... I think too, like, um, 
some ideas or books that you really want to write or whatever if like you know that's just not going to go traditional <laughs> like yeah it's your bananas book idea and you just want to write it mm -hmm. like yeah. that's that's great to just just you know indie publish those get them out in the world Yes. save your slightly less bananas ideas for no that's that traditional is publishing really a good way to go i had never thought about that but uh really that is um i like that idea um because you know uh publishing houses like they all have like their own thing right and they all mm -hmm. look for something um and if if you don't have their something it's still you have something so you know there's, there's yeah there's a reader for every book too it really is. And that's one of the great things about nowadays is there are so many options. Yeah. There there are avenues in, in you know, ye olde days. Um, because it, uh, <laughs> it took me it took me a very, very long time to sell my first book. So I mean, I started querying back before indie publishing was a thing. Mm. Like it was not an option. It just like use there were a lot more publishers. Mm -hmm. So you had more options to like submit your manuscript to, but like, that was it. Mm -hmm. Like that was it. If that book never got picked up, it just lived under your bed. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. So nowadays, if you write something and you want it out there, like the sky's the limit, have mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. But you, you'll find somewhere to publish it. Yeah. And that's, that's the same with, I think, um, any kind of media like uh, people who are songwriters you know um, or performers like you can you know kind of self-publish and, and get get your work out there um, and not have to go with like a recording house or recording studio you know um, it's it's kind of cool so. yeah like in you know movies same thing like if you can't find a you know some producers to attach to a project or you can't find a distributor I mean, there are absolutely ways to get your movies seen now or your movies made yeah yeah you're right people, people could make a movie on their phone yeah. <laughs> that's yeah that is like crazy yeah i know i know you're right you're right it really is it's totally different than how it started but uh yeah. so are you are you working on anything right now kelly I am. I, uh, I'm currently working on, um, I'm actually expanding a novella I wrote. Uh, I was part of the Happily Ever After Collective, uh -huh. which, um, which is still going. Okay. They're in season two right now. I'm just not in the season. So, okay. but, right. but yeah, it's, um, it's an author collective, um, with basically they put out four novellas each month and each month has, um, a different trope. So like the month I was in was mistaken identity oh. stories. Uh, and my story was called Secret Spark. It, um, it's a uh, superhero, supervillain <laughs> story. Uh, the, the basic plot of it is that um, it's a sapphic romance. And um, so Sadie, who is just a norm, like a normal person, uh, she thinks her hot new neighbor is a superhero. Okay. But she is actually a super villain. Oh, dun 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 dun! And wackiness ensues. <laughs> wow. So I had so much fun writing it that, like, as I was writing it, I was like, "Oh, this needs to be a book. Like, this needs to be like a series." Oh, cool! So I'm expanding it into a full length novel, which is very hard to do. I don't recommend it. Yeah. 
because uh, it's like in my head i don't i don't know if you're this way like when you write something and it's done like that's the story yes yes yep you know like it's set yes yep and yeah. so now i'm taking this thing that i thought was set and like adding scenes and expanding existing scenes and like it's it's kind of just it's a pain in the butt that's like, but but it's a lot of fun yeah that's like a major major editing project like like that's what i'm thinking in my mind like you're just adding changing just yeah yeah so that's hard that's, talking about books that are at slog I, <laughs> I love this story and i'm having a blast but like it's it's hard to be like how do i bridge this with this and oh i have to add another scene and yeah yeah it's kind of like I said, if you think about writing a story, if if you're writing a novella, make sure you don't end up wanting to write it into a larger book. Yeah, yeah, that is it, it hurts your brain. Yep, <laughs> yep. Um, I know exactly how that is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that I have out, um, I actually mentioned earlier, it took me a very long time to get published, and I wrote a lot of books that didn't get published before I sold my first one. Um, and, and within that was, um, I started a time travel series, which is the, it's the series of my heart. I love it more than anything I've ever written. Mm. And um, one of the good things that happened from all of my uh, It's a Fabulous Life losing its publisher drama last year was that I uh, got with an agent. And um, my agent actually has the first book in the time travel series out on submission right now wow which i'm very excited about it's called a sense of time okay and um it's not a romance mm -hmm. but there is a romance in it mm -hmm. um but the the basic premise is that it follows a psychic with a secret government time travel agency okay and they go around yeah uh, so the in the in this world the time travel technology was in like like secret trials and the technology got stolen Ooh. and so now there's like bad guys going around history not like changing history they're just like stealing things mm -hmm. okay. and like kind of creating mischief but you know not like altering the course of history wow you know this sounds like a great show like a great either like a movie or a show or something too yes from from your mouth to hollywood's ears there you go now that, <laughs> now that the writer's strike is coming to an end, which, yay, I'm so proud of them right? for, for sticking up for their rights and everything they deserve. So yay them. And I, yes. I'm i hoping the same thing will happen for the SAG-AFTRA actors. Yes. Yep. Yep. I think both of them were told that uh, things are going to be okay. So um, I know for sure the Screen Actors guild but i don't know about the or yeah the writers guild but i don't know about the uh i haven't heard anything about the uh about the sag after yet the actors so yeah. well let's hope by the time this podcast releases they they will have reached an e agreement everybody's too. <laughs> good yes everybody's yeah happy so hopefully fun. once everybody's got much better deals and is not getting taken advantage of that's um that's actually like my that's my long range goal is like, you know, how they always say like, shoot big, dream big. Well, mm -hmm. 
my dream big is that this this time travel series will be a streaming TV series. That's cool. So I'm manifesting it into the world. Uh, like I immediately went there. Like when you were talking about it, uh, I could see it. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. well. You know what? It's one of those things. Like as a as a writer. Um, it's like this, you know, when you write a book, it's like set up a certain way, but, and you can't like go into the side characters stories too much. Mm-hmm. And I would just love to have a beautiful, diverse writer's room with people who could like write the side stories Yeah, and then you can have their stories being told. And, um, Fun. yeah, I have it all planned out in my head. Okay. So, you all know, right. good, good. You heard it here first, folks. Yes. There you go. There you go. It'll happen. When it actually happens, then Anita will be like, uh, she said on my podcast, it was happening. I'll be like, hello. You, you yeah. did hear it here first. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm excited for you. That's really cool. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and do you want to tell our listeners about um, Out on the Ice? Your other... I sure can. All right. <laughs> yeah. I I, yes. I love I love this yeah uh, yeah my um my other uh, published books uh, it's in the Out on the Ice series there are three books set in the women's hockey world um, so the the they're all um, there's a different central romance in each book they're all sapphic romances um, and then of course you get the fun thing of you get to see how the couples are doing in like the subsequent books. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Out on the Ice is the first book. That's a grumpy sunshine romance, which is my favorite to write. It's a Fabulous Life is also a grumpy sunshine romance. I think most (laughs) things I write are grumpy sunshine romances. Um, And then the second book is Unexpected Goals. Um, That is that has the dreaded uh, Team USA and Team Canada women's hockey rivalry. Mm. Yes, and then the two... uh, the two love interests are now teammates on the same pro women's team. So that one's an enemies, two friends, two lovers. Okay. And then the third book is Calling the Shots, which is rival head coaches. And they had a fling back like a, in their youthful days. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then one of them ghosted the other one. Ooh. And so, and that's, that's never, never really, you know, uh, Tierney, the one who got ghosted, she's never really forgiven mm-hmm. Reagan for ghosting her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, doesn't feel very good. Yeah. That's great. And she lets her know it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is called the out on the ice series, right? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, Kelly, do you have any parting words for our listeners today? I just wanted to say thank you for sharing in the joy of sapphic romances. I, I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast that that's your jam. So uh, I, I know the authors greatly appreciate you reading your books, uh, our books. Um, and uh, I, I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season this year. Yes. And you can enhance your holiday season this year by reading It's a Fabulous Life by Kelly Farmer. Um, yes. which is And a- when you say the title, you have to do like jazz hands, which Anita and I are in a Zoom call so she can see me doing it. Uh-huh. But, you know, just imagine saying it's a 
fabulous life and you know fabulous. jazz hands yes. fabulous life yeah i don't think you can say fabulous without jazz hands yeah it's I, it's hard not to it is totally definitely so because i say the name of this book a lot and every time i do i want to do the jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> so all right listeners you can use your jazz hands to get online and purchase it's a fabulous life by Kelly Farmer, um, and you can check out Kelly's um, website, which is kellyfarmerauthor.com, and sign up for her newsletter, which is great. I receive it myself. It's awesome. Um, Thanks. Yeah, so yeah, and I also, I, I made it easy, one-stop shopping. There are links to my socials there, uh, and uh, also, like, buy links for the books and such. So Great. So it's everything you need to know. You can see pictures of me doing theater and me wearing hockey equipment. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Do you have one of you as um, uh, from the... As Mrs. Cratchit? Yes, yes. I don't. I I, I should. I, I only... I'm trying to remember what's... I know there's one from Enchanted April, oh. which is like my favorite show I was ever in. So I had to just use that one. Cool. Um, I'm sure I do occasionally on social media, I, I post like a theater throwback Thursday where I post pictures from plays I'm in. Oh, fun. So I'll, I'll have to throw up a Mrs. Cratchit one. Yes, definitely. I'll, I'll be on the lookout for it for sure. Nice. So, all right. Well, that is all the time we have for today, folks. I'm Anita Kelly and thanks for joining. Let's talk about books, baby. And thank you to Kelly Farmer for joining us today. Um, until next time, may your journey be lighthearted, peace be plenty, and be safe, folks. <laughs>